So today we're in week three of Christmas Playlist, and each week we've been taking a song that maybe on our own personal playlist, that, that song that, you know, it, it's Christmas when we hear that song. And, and this week's song was actually a poem that was first put to music back in 1872. It was sung by Bing Crosby in 1956, and in 2008, Casting Crowns actually had it on their Christmas album. And it turned out back in 2008 that it was Casting Crowns' eighth uh, number one hit song that they had put out. The poem was actually written by Henry Longfellow, and it was written after his wife of 18 years died in an accidental fire. And about the same time, he found out that his only son, against his wishes, had joined the Union Army and was wounded severely in the Battle of Mine Run during the Civil War. So he actually penned this poem on Christmas Day in 1863. So I want you to sit back and I want you to enjoy this week's Christmas playlist song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Singing on his way 
right today A voice, a chime, the chance of life A peace on earth, goodwill to men Peace on earth. Man, that sounds good, doesn't it? Peace on earth. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Is anyone feeling peace right now? How about goodwill? You know, it's this thing that we talk about. We, we see it in scripture. We sing songs about it. But peace on earth. And in today's scripture, what you're going to see is... Um, the, the peace on earth, goodwill to men, although there's, believe it or not, only two versions of the Bible that still use that same scripture, that, that read the same way. And that's the King James and the New King James. Mo, most versions today actually say um, peace on earth to people he favors or peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now, ultimately, I totally understand that, but there's something about peace on earth. You know, I, 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 want, a, I want peace. I want that peace that surpasses all understanding that the Apostle Paul talks about. But unfortunately, in my life, I don't see that peace. And what about you? Do you all have that peace? That peace that surpasses all understanding in everything you do each and every day? Because if someone in here has that peace all the time, yeah, show me how. Show me how to have it because unfortunately I think, you know, to understand what peace is, we have to really understand what it is. And according to Webster's Dictionary, you know, our favorite people of Webster, um, they actually say that peace can be found numerous different ways, um, but peace is a state of tranquility or quiet. Now, the only quiet I get is when there's no one around me. But then I have them conversations with myself, 
and it's bad because my mind never stops, so I really don't have peace and quiet because I'm always thinking or trying to do something. But many different ways it comes, it can be considered freedom from a civil disturbance. It's a state of security or order within a community provided for by law or custom. Freedom is disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. And I think one that we all understand, peace is harmony in a relationship. You know, I think we've, through our time, we've even seen governments trying usher in peace to no prevail because the government will never issue that peace. And with all these different kinds, how many of you are looking to experience peace? And for some of you, it may just be that, man, I need peace in my relationships. I need peace on my job. Yeah, I, I don't need that peace that surpasses all understanding, but just give me peace when I go into work. Or maybe peace when we're driving on I-95 during rush hour. It takes a whole lot of peace to be on 95 during rush hour. But I think we, we need to always remember that as we all long for peace, because I think everyone longs for some type of peace in their life. We, we all want that calming or that peace. Um, we need to remember that Jesus is the only one who can truly bring peace on earth. Jesus is the only one who can truly bring peace on earth. We will try all different ways to do it, but there, he is the only way to bring peace on earth. And, and the other thing is, though he is the prince of peace, Jesus' life, was shaped with challenging circumstances from the moment he was born. And I think we need to understand that if Jesus had troubles, we're going to have troubles also. If he came into this world and it wasn't peaceful, and he is the prince of peace, that we're going to have troubles. Things aren't always going to work out the way we want them to work out. So today, if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew, but as always, it will be up here on the screen. And for those of you who join us for church online, hey, let's give it up for those church online. Hey, we appreciate you guys joining us for church online, and even though you're not in the room with us, you are here with us, so we appreciate it. Uh, I do just want to say, don't let joining church online replace you from being connected with the local body of Christ. You know, as you're connected with that local body of Christ, you're able to work on your relationship with Jesus and with others. And as much as we appreciate you joining us for church online, you know, make sure you still stay connected to the local body of Christ somewhere. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, uh, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths 
lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So, Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, we ask that you open up our eyes that we may see what it is you want us to see. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may your words be my words, and may your name be glorified, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we see here in Luke chapter 2 is the, the account of the angels coming to see the shepherds. And they're talking about there's going to be good tidings for all people. So I've got this good news for you guys all to hear. And the, and the angel is talking to the shepherds and basically telling them that Christ is born. Christ being born is good news for all people. It's not for select people. It's not only for certain people. It is actually for all people. And no sooner had this angel appeared that all of a sudden the heavenly host appears with them and says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. And then they were gone. As quickly as they appeared, they left. But they ushered in, hey, peace towards you. Peace has come into this world. Peace is here. But was there really peace? We know that Jesus came into the world. We know Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Prince of Peace. He is Wonderful Counselor. We know all of these names for him. But did he actually usher into peace when he was born? Did peace come into this world? And I think as we look at the life of Jesus and Mary and Joseph, even as the beginning we'll see that even though he is the Prince of Peace, peace didn't necessarily come right then and there. If you actually go into Matthew 2, and I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but in Matthew 2, it, it talks about the journey of these wise men. And it kind of goes into the whole birth of Jesus. And, and, and these wise men came traveling from the far east. So it probably traveled for weeks or months at a time, and it probably wasn't this easy journey, all to come and, and find the king of the Jews. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for the king of the Jews. And, and, and when they got into Jerusalem, uh, there was this big ruckus about these people coming in from the east to, to see the king of the Jews. And, and King Herod heard about this and, and got inquisitive, wanted to know, well, well I'm the king. Who's this king of the Jews? So being a Jew, a Jew himself, he had to call in the scholars to kind of figure out what was going on. So when he calls in the scholars, the scholars basically come together and they say, hey, well, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. So after learning this, he goes ahead and he tells these, these travelers from the east to, hey, they're born in Bethlehem. So go to Bethlehem, but do me a favor. Basically, hey, when you find that baby, the king of the Jews, come back and tell me. Because I want to go worship him too. Of course, it really isn't what King Herod wanted to do. So the, the travelers from the east, the Magi, they go, they find the king of the Jews. They, they find Jesus, and they see Jesus in Bethlehem, and, and they come with a dream comes to them that tells them, don't go back and tell the king, but go home a different way. So they do that. They don't go back to King Herod. They don't tell him where the, 
where baby Jesus is at. And, and at the same time, Joseph has a dream telling of Herod's plot to kill Jesus. So they go ahead and they, they leave, get up in the middle of the night, and they leave and go to Egypt, which ultimately will fulfill the uh, prophecy in Hosea 11.1 1, that said, And out of Egypt I called my son. Now, of course, it didn't stop King Herod. Because even though Jesus and Joseph and Mary had fled to Egypt, Herod still killed every baby to and under in the town of Bethlehem. So now think about what's going on. Do you think there was peace in Bethlehem? When every son, every male child to or under was actually killed by the king for political gain because he was worried about his own power. So there definitely wasn't peace. After Herod's death, his son ended up taking over, and Joseph was compelled to come from Egypt and come back. And unfortunately, Herod's son was just as bad as Herod. And as he came in, he first came into power, he actually killed 3,000 prominent citizens in Jerusalem. So he came into power, and he came into this power with might, so as Joseph was compelled to come back, he knew there was still a problem and, and that Jesus may end up still being killed. So he ended up moving outside and moving to the town of Nazareth. And, and as we look at this, we can see that Jesus was brought up in a world that dealt with tension. He dealt with social divides. He dealt with political and religious issues. But isn't he the Prince of Peace? Wasn't he here? Didn't the angels proclaim peace on earth, goodwill to men? Where was the peace? Where is the peace in Jesus' life? Where is the peace for all those people who lost their sons? Or for the prominent people in Jerusalem who were killed? And, and we know that the Prince of Peace, as it says in Isaiah... He didn't immediately usher in this world peace. It didn't immediately come with him. And as we listen to the song today, today's song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, it reminds us that the message and longing for peace in a troubled time is still present in today's world. Every one of us long for peace. Every one of us long to have that moment. Just think about being able to sit down and just having peace. Not worrying about anything at all. I think the only time I do that is when I'm sleeping. And I'm sure my mind's still going, but I think that's the only time in my life that I really have peace. And especially peace in quiet. Because when I'm sleeping, I don't hear nothing. And it is, it's, it's peaceful. And then your eyes open up in the morning and you see the news or you realize you have to go to work and, and all these different things start coming in and, and we see that there is no peace in this world. And, and you know, you got to ask the question is, hey, maybe if we just spread a bunch of kindness, we can have peace on earth. I really don't think no matter how kind we are, we're going to bring peace to earth. Well, what about, hey, you know what? 
what if we just banned religion altogether, and if the government banned religion, there could be peace because, you know, every war is because of religion, right? Would that actually usher in peace? I don't think so. I don't think any of that will usher in peace that, that the world thinks they have. But I do know that there will be a day where there are no more wars and that we will see peace. And actually in Isaiah 2, 4, it actually says this. He says, He will settle disputes among the nations and provide arbitration for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not take up the sword against nation, and they will never again train for war. Imagine that day. Imagine the day when there's no more training for war. As little kids, I remember as a kid, even if it was with a stick, playing war. We'd be shooting each other up. We'd be playing war. It'd be good against bad, you know, evil against the good guys. We'd take garbage can lids as our shields. Y'all remember them days? And we thought we were going to really get peace one day. Even today, we see governments trying to talk about peace. There is no political party that will ever usher peace into this world. There is not a politician in this world that's going to usher peace into this world. The only one that will ever bring peace into our lives and into this world is Jesus Christ. No matter what we place our hopes on, Jesus is the only thing that's going to usher in that peace. Jesus is the only thing that's going to usher in no more wars. And, and until that day, God has promised, even though everything that's going on in the world, God has promised that we can still find peace. But our peace cannot rely on anything external because there's nothing in this world that's going to bring us peace. You know, we've talked about it in the past. Well, maybe if I just have more of this, I'll have peace. No. The more you get, the less peace you're going to have because you're going to want more. And we get so caught up in this. And Well, I can buy my happiness. No, you can't. You think you can buy your happiness, but you're going to continue to go on because it's never going to be enough. But we can find our peace if we're dependent and in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's how we find our peace. It's the only way we can truly find our peace. And it actually, through our relationship with Jesus, it puts us at peace with God, which is ultimately what we want. It's not about having really peace with anyone else. We've got to have that peace with God first in order to have that peace with other people and the second requires that faith and, and connecting with Jesus as our source of peace. He's got to be what we lean to to have peace. Because he is the only one who can give us peace. He, he's the only one that can truly give it to us. And, and our faith, as our faith gets strengthened, I think we get more and more peace. Think about it. anyone who's been a believer for a long time. You probably have more peace about things than a new believer. And, and, and part of it's just because you've learned through the process and, and you've been relying on Jesus for longer. But I, I think a big part of it is that we know we have felt his peace in our life. 
we felt that time when things are going wrong and, and people are just, it, it, everyone's going crazy. And, and then you see that one person just sitting there because you're okay. There's that inner peace that comes from Jesus. When, when the world may be chaotic, we've got that inner peace about us. And then we're able to calmly talk people through situations. And that's only because of the peace we have in Jesus. And it does come through building that relationship more and more. It comes through that spending time in his word and understanding what he's done and being able to look back and see where he's shown up in your life. So it gives you that peace to move, continue to move forward. And as, as we look at this, you know, Mary and Joseph didn't have a lot of control over their own life at the time. You think about it, Mary and Joseph had no control over Mary becoming pregnant. They had no control over having to go and, and do this census and, and this deadline for family registration. They had no control over these grubby shepherds showing up as soon as she had the baby. They had no control over these wise men that came in and had no control whatsoever over Herod or his son wanting to kill them. Jesus came into this world, and they still had no control. I was reading an article. It actually is called, What History Really Tells Us About the Birth of Jesus. And Robin Whitaker, in it, she says this. The Jesus of history was a child of Jewish family living under a foreign regime. He was born into an extended family living away from home, and his family fled from a king who sought to kill him because he posed a political threat. The Jesus story in its historical context is one of human terror and divine mercy, of human abuse and divine love. And, and as we look at this story, it's the same as our current reality. Our current reality is the same thing. And as I look at what's going on in the world, I have to ask myself, and I guess i got to ask you, when's the last time that you took part in a global war? When's the last time you, you took part in denying someone in need something? You think about it, in most cases, we never do. We're, we're not part of the end result, but we get caught up in it. You know, we, we, we're not part of the decision makers who decide to stop funding for something. We're not part of the people who decide, hey, we're going to go to war. But unfortunately, we always have to deal with the effect of it, whether it's within our economy, whether it's within our family, losing brothers and sisters or, or other family members. We, we have to deal with this cause and effect of not having peace or people trying to make peace politically or some other way. And, and we get caught up into this whole cause and effect, and, and we need to un. Remember that if, if our source of peace is God, we need to prioritize our connection with him. We need to prioritize that connection with him in order to find this hope in this darkness. And remember that while God is the ultimate source of peace, um, we as believers, we, we still have to do our part, which means we need to live in peace with each other which is easier said than done. 
We need to bear witness to God's work of peace in our own lives. And we need to actively pursue peace. You know, actively pursuing peace, we probably do the best. But how about being peaceful with others? How about really showing peace and seeing God's work of peace in our own lives? We get so caught up in everything else that we don't. And, and as I was looking at this story, I really got to thinking about something that's really overlooked in the entire Christmas story. Have you ever noticed the hospitality of Mary and Joseph? Their hospitality is simply amazing. You, uh, right after she has the baby, shepherds come in. Shepherds show up at the door, and she lets them in. Now, it's interesting that God sent a host of angels to invite the homeless shepherds to meet his homeless son. And now here, Mary and Joseph are letting in these unclean, low-lifes, what they were considered low-lifes in the Jewish society, shepherds ultimately opened the door and ushered them in to allow them to see the baby Jesus. We won't open our doors for our next-door neighbors. We might not even open up our doors for people sitting next to us in a church pew. Mary and Joseph opened up their doors to people who would be considered unclean. And then it went even further. The Magi coming from the East. Totally different religious background. Totally different set of group of people. And Jews would have been told, don't associate with them. Do not associate with them. They're from a, a they're foreigners. They have a different religious belief system than us. We can't associate with them. Mary and Joseph allowed them into the home. They welcomed them into the home. And remember, at this time, Mary and Joseph didn't have a home. So they ended up, they became on the run. They were these asylum seekers. They were refugees. But they allowed people to come into their life. Because the Prince of Peace had been born. And, and, and Jesus made all the difference in the world, but yet we won't allow anyone in our house. We won't invite people into our home. We won't invite people into our lives because we want to be guarded. And, and what about Joseph and Mary? As hard as it had to be for them, they were welcoming. They, they opened up their doors and they allowed the people to come into their lives. Instead of hostility, they were welcoming. They were peaceful with the people who came in. They had no fear. They allowed the people to come in because they knew the bigger story. They knew the bigger story. Jesus was the Savior. Their son was the Messiah. They knew who he was, and they were welcoming to people who came into this world, they, into their world. They did not have fear. They allowed people to come in and be in the presence of Jesus. We need to allow people to be in the presence of Jesus. We need to be that light that let people know who Jesus is. 
We need to be welcoming and not fearful. We need to be open and honest. We don't need to push people away. But we will get so worried about what someone does or who they are instead of just being welcoming. You know, as I've said it before, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the church. Guess what? Proclaimed church across the bridge is part of the church of Jesus Christ. The Catholic church next door is part of the church of Jesus Christ. But we will, oh, they got a different belief than us. We can't have them associate with us. They're going to be in heaven with us. There's not a Baptist heaven. There's not a Catholic heaven. There's not a Lutheran heaven. There is heaven. We're going to be surprised at people we see there. We're going to be even more surprised at people we don't see there. We need to be more like Mary and Joseph. They allow people to come in to be in the presence of Jesus. Don't push people away from having that peace. That peace that can only be found in Jesus. We need to stop other, stop trying to stop others from being or seeing the kingdom of God. Invite people in to get a taste of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's what each of us are called to do. In, in John 16, 33, it's, Jesus actually spoke these words. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Jesus told us we'd have trouble in this life. He told us we'd have trouble, and he tells us to be courageous. So are you being courageous, or are you letting the world conquer you? Remember, Jesus said, I have conquered the world. If Jesus conquered the world, we have nothing to worry about. He has already made the way. He has done the hard work for us. He has done the physical hard work to bring peace into this world. All we got to do is do our part. And our part is having that same hospitality that Mary and Joseph had. Opening up our hearts, opening up our homes, and being Jesus with skin on. How about taking the rest of this holiday season and be like Mary and Joseph? Not the ones who run on a run. Not the ones who are refugees or asylum seekers, but the ones that were hospitable. The ones that showed the love of Jesus to people they came in contact with. They didn't push people aside who society said didn't belong. They didn't push people aside who their religion said didn't belong. They allowed everyone to come in and worship Jesus. The Magi from the East came to worship the king of the Jews. They came to worship a baby in a manger. Be like Joseph and Mary. We as a church can impact so much in what we do. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we can impact so much in this neighborhood and in our community. And, and, and there is a ripple already starting. There's a ripple in this community that's starting with FBC Lantana. But let's turn that ripple into a wave. And the way we turn that into a wave is being who Jesus called us to be. Being his hands and feet. 
opening our doors and allowing people to feel the peace of God. That peace that comes through us that we understand in circumstances, that when people look at us and they go, why are you different? Let me tell you about my Jesus. You want to know why I'm different? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about the peace he gives me inside these circumstances in my life. There are times that I may not feel that peace, but I can always feel him. And that peace then becomes something. Am I going to let the world keep me from having that peace? Or am I going to reach in and grab onto my Jesus and grab onto that peace that he provides me? And that's where we've got to be. The problem is we will allow the world to conquer us instead of knowing that our Savior conquered the world and we are conquerors in Christ. And as we are them conquerors in Christ, we need to be bold, we need to be courageous, we need to move forward and be who he called us to be. You want peace in your life? Get Jesus. That's where our peace comes from. Our peace comes through that relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one who can usher peace into this world. No one else is going to do it. Only Jesus can bring peace on this earth. The angels proclaimed peace on earth, goodwill to men. Glory to God in the highest. When's the last time you gave glory to God in the highest? When's the last time you truly believed that there could be peace on earth? Some of us are praying for peace on earth as we travel over Christmas. I got kids. Have you ever traveled with kids? Are we there yet? Man, I'm going to have the whole family over, and you know that, that Uncle Bob guy. Whew. Lord, I need peace. Allow him to provide you with that peace during the Christmas time. Allow him to provide you with that peace as you, as you spend Christmas Eve or Christmas Day with, with family and friends and, and people who you normally don't find peace with. Be his peace over this Christmas season. Be like Mary and Joseph. Be hospitable. And remember, though he is the Prince of Peace, Jesus' life was shaped with challenging circumstances from the moment he was born. Our lives have been challenged also from the moment we were born. Our test through our life is part of our testimony. As I always say, you can't have a testimony without a test. That test is what builds that character and what, what helps you to understand who Jesus is. And without the messes in our life, we can't have a message. Some of us have bigger messes than others. But that's okay. God can use each one of us for his glory. God can use each one of us to help usher into peace, usher peace into relationships if we focus on him in all that we do. And you may be sitting there saying, well, pastor, that's really good, but I, I don't know this Jesus, and, and I know I heard he's the prince of peace. I, I hear what you're saying, that I can get peace from him, but 
Pastor, you don't know my story. Guess what? I don't need to know your story. He knows your story. And your story is part of his story. Your mess is going to be part of your message. Your test in your life are going to be part of your testimony. And when you're sitting there saying, man, I am so messed up, Pastor, there is no way Jesus would accept me. God's word says, for we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So look around. You're in a room full of sinners. Every one of us. Our sin may not be as bad as the next person, but every one of us falls short of the glory of God each and every day. But yet God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. He sent his son to die on a cross for every sin you've ever committed. Now you think about that. Think of all the sins you've ever committed. He died for them. You know the sins you're going to do in your future that you don't even know about yet? He died for them too. Because he knows them. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. And God's word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how you start to usher in that peace. That's how you start to understand he is the prince of peace and I can have peace in all situations. And guess what? There's going to be times you fail. But that's okay too. Because we all fall short. But we have that hope in the resurrected king of one day we will spend eternity with him. Talk about peace in all situations. I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be looking at Jesus face to face, face to face. I'm going to be at the banquet supper of the Lamb. And I'm going to live for in eternity with Him. That brings peace. That's where our peace comes from. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace on earth, goodwill to all those He who's pleased with them or who he's pleased with. We all need to do our part each and every day. Seek peace that only comes through Jesus. Be hospitable during this time of the year. Be his light in the darkness. Be his salt. Be his leaven. And be who Jesus called you to be. And if you're sitting here today and you're like, Pastor, I ain't got no peace. Well, maybe you just need to come up here to the altar. Well, you can do it right where you're at. I think there's something special about coming to an altar and kneeling and having that conversation with your Heavenly Father. And ask Him for that peace that surpasses all understanding. Whatever it is that's holding you back from having that peace, Come up here and leave it at the altar. Give it to him at the altar. Lord, this is what is stopping me. Take it from me. Lord, I want your peace. I want that peace that surpasses all understanding. Leave it at the altar today. And I mean, leave it here. Don't take it with you when you go outside that door. Because that's what generally happens. 
We come to church, we say, that's it, I'm leaving it at the altar, I'm done with it, and then you get outside the church doors, and you reach back in, you snatch it and take it back. Leave it at the altar. Leave it at the altar and leave here with his peace. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and Lord, for, for all those who are in this room and for those watching that, joining us for church online, whether live or watching this video later, Lord, I ask that you usher in your peace in our lives. Lord, is anyone who does not know you that they will make that move and, and accept you as their Lord and Savior? Because, Lord, as we come up to Christmas Day, it's your birthday. And, Lord, we'll give gifts to everyone in our family and to friends, and we forget that we're celebrating you. We forget that it's because of you that we even have a day to celebrate. Lord, may we give you our greatest gift, and that's our lives. Everything about us, that we will give it to you for you to do your will. Lord, that you will speak to us, that you will speak through us, and that you will use us in a mighty way to help usher your kingdom and to help grow your kingdom. And Lord, if there's anyone here who, who's not feeling that peace, Lord, I ask that you give them peace. Lord, remind them of where you've shown up in their lives. Remind them of how you showed off in their lives. And Lord, how they can have peace in any situation when they look to you instead of things of this earth. Lord, I ask that you bless us this week. And Lord, make this prayer in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.